speaking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayer for attention to Paul's second epistle to Timothy and chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Read for our text, verse 14. And it's really the first few verses, first few words rather. But continue thou. The whole verse reads, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14 But continue thou. As we gather for another anniversary here, the church here has continued for these last 30 years in the form uh, that they are now, and yet if we go back the 186 years, there has been the witness that has continued here. And it's a good thing then to have that encouragement to continue. There are many, many discouragements in the Church of God, and personally for the people of God, and there are times we wonder whether we can continue or keep going. And to have the word as Paul writes here to Timothy in the light of many persecutions and many troubles and many trials. And he says to him, but continue thou. So may the Lord make that a word of direction, a word of help. You dear friends here. So when we think of the word continue thou, what caution is needed? So if that was said to someone that was without any concern for their soul, walking in the paths of sin and walking after the world, and they were to hear that and say, well, this applies to me. Continue thou. I'm going to continue in this path that I'm walking in. And we can see that such a word then would not be a blessing. It would be confirming them in a wrong path. In a path that wasn't with the Lord's blessing at all upon it. So it is very necessary, in the words of our text, that the Apostle is very clear, it's not just continue thou, but it's continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. He clarifies that it is a right continuing. Of course, if there is a continuing, then there must have been a beginning. There must have been already an establishing to be able to continue in something. And so may we ask ourselves, and ask ourselves personally, are we in a position, and is our walk and our conduct in such a state as if the Lord said, continue thou, we would feel happy, or feel it right, to continue as we were, 
right to the end until death overtakes us. Or would we say, well no, I, I do not yet know the Lord, I'm not yet walking in a right way, I, I don't want to be found like this, but maybe you like so many that would say, like Paul found uh, to those he spoke to, I will hear you again a more convenient time. There's a putting off all the time, thinking, well, there is time, and there's time enough to begin in the way. Well, the word here will not be a comfort or help to us if it finds us walking in a way which we would not want to continue in really, and nor be found in the article of death. But thinking again of the Church of God, continue thou. Now think of us at Cranbrook and you dear friends here. Would we like to just continue with the numbers that we are? Or would we say, Lord, we, we desire to continue as a witness, a cause of truth, but not continue love. Arise, as we have sung, and give that blessing. Accept the Lord, build the house, they labour in vain that build it. So the very continue there in relation to a church gives a prayer, Lord, if we continue, may it not be low, but may it be built up and strengthened. And the other aspect is in the offices of the church. There's several times, there's a time a while ago that in several chapels that had not got pastors and I prayed for a pastor that the Lord would give them pastors, that the Lord would give them that office that was vacant, that it was it was not. Uh, and the thought that if we are to continue as a church, let it not be continuing with not having a pastor or not having the officers of the church. And you know, after one such time, the Lord laid on me and he said, Yes, Roland, you are the pastor at Cranbrook, but you haven't got a deacon. And you haven't got an officer either, either in that office. And I trust the Lord laid it upon my heart in that way. And it should be wherever there is those positions that are set forth in the word of God, we should desire the Lord give us them. Have we got the mothers in Israel? Have we got the fathers? Have we got the lambs? Have we got the sheep? Have we got those that the word of God speaks of as the church of God has? So when we think of continuing, may it stir up in us a prayer Lord, may we continue, but may we have added to us these blessings. And this, what thy word sets forth, belongs to the church of God. We read the passage that we did in Psalm 102. Many encouraging words. Verse 13 there. Uh, well, verse 12 and 13, that thou, O Lord, shalt endure forever thy remembrance unto all generations. Thou shalt arise, have mercy upon Zion, for the time to favour her, yea, the set time is come. 
may that truly be true of you here and true, true of us at Cranbrook as well. Thy servants take pleasure in her stones and favour the dust thereof. And may they not only apply to ministers, but each of the Lord's servants, those that serve him, really desire the blessing and the good of Zion and the good of the church of God. And he will, not, he will regard the prayer of the destitute, not despise their prayer. When things continue low, we examine our prayers, don't we? We think, well, poor prayers. The reason why the church is low is because of us, because of our sins and our poor prayers and our life and our conduct. The Lord is holding back the blessings and it can cause much searching of heart and many trials in that way. I was drawn to the last verse of that psalm. The children of thy servants shall continue and their seed shall be established before thee. Children of thy servants shall continue. Now as time goes on, I look at churches that I've been associated with over in Australia and over here too, and we prove this, instead of the fathers, there come up the children. And it's a lovely thing to see a generation following and those that do fear the Lord and those that do seek the real good of the church of God. And may that be us, may that be uh, our lot. Well this then is Paul's uh, message to Timothy that he is to continue and it is in the context that the chapter is written and I want to begin in looking at several points with considering first the day that Timothy lived in and we do as well. Because the text beginning with a but it is a change, it's a contrast with what has gone before, what others are doing, what others are doing, but continue thou. And then secondly, in what way he and we are to continue. And then lastly, the considerations to help to continue. Are those considerations in the text and what follows that would have been a help to Timothy to do just what Paul set before him, but continue thou. The first thing, the day in which he lived and the day in which we live. And of course, the chapter here begins this know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. The last days are these days from Christ's first coming to his second coming. They are days of the gospel, really days of the great ingathering of the church of God. God has given to the church the whole repository of the Old Testament to preach from and to be as food and meat for the house of God. We have the beautiful examples of Philip preaching to the eunuch and also of our Lord to the two on the way to Emmaus preaching from the Old Testament 
the Lord Jesus Christ and his sufferings, his death. But what a picture of the days in which we live. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce-breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures, more than lovers of God. Now we read this as well, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away, ever learning, never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. How oft we see in the Church of God those that have a form of godliness and that they are undermining the very precious truths of the Word of God. Churches that are mega churches only just looked up one that came to, or oh, looking for another church actually, and stumbled across the information of one in London. It is very, not far away from TBS headquarters, I believe. But they, they run like a business. They've got CEOs and everything. To see the pictures, it's just like a pop concert. They have an annual turnover of 2.6 million. And this is what people go after, but they're deceiving the souls of men. In Hebrews 11 we read the mark of those that are faithful. They declare that they are, they say that they are strangers and pilgrims in the earth. And they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a country, a heavenly city. And where you see a, a, a religion that really confirms and strengthens in the world and the things of the world it does not bear the mark of our Lord. Our Lord said, I have given them, that is his people, my word. And what is the effect of the world? And the world hath hated them. That is the, uh, that is the only thing necessary for the world to hate a people is for that people to hold fast to the word of God. And the Lord says he has given that word to his dear people. Who shall, whosoever, our Lord says, shall be ashamed of me, he doesn't leave it there. Many would like it like that. They would say we're not ashamed of the Lord Jesus. We, we have his name all over our buildings and over our cars and everything. But the Lord adds this, and my words. Of him shall my father be ashamed before the angels. And when we have the picture that is set before us here, of those being led away, those that resist the truth, men of corrupt minds, reprobate concerning the faith. And what is implied in verse 10, Paul says to Timothy, that thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience. 
He compares all of those he has described, and he said, Timothy, you, you know, you can see my life, you see how I'm walking, and then what that has resulted in, verse 11, persecutions, afflictions, which came upon me, unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured, but out of them all the Lord delivered me, and then he says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. Evil men, seducers, shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And we have a picture of all around Timothy. There are those that are going contrary to the word, filled with the world, and is coming into the church and they're abusing the word, and misusing the word, and walking contrary. And Paul then says, But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. I mean, how we need this. Sometimes we can get very, very discouraged. You think, how can the Lord's truth stand? How can any come to a knowledge of truth? What if there was a, those that are maybe like receiving the Bibles that we offer at Cranbrook, uh, and yet they're bombarded with religion on every hand that is really undermining vital, true godliness and the true faith. How shall ever any come to the faith? The salvation of the Lord is the Lord's work. And that, that is the secret. The Lord commands of his people that they are to be faithful to the word and leave the issue to the Lord. He shall convict of sin. He shall quicken his people. The kingdom of God standeth sure, having this seal. The Lord knoweth them that are his. And they will not be deceived. They shall find the Lord. They shall be brought to faith. And for the people of God, in the midst of all of this opposition, these clouds of complete ungodliness, they to hold that straight path and that straight way what the Apostle sets before Timothy. And I feel it is a very necessary word for us. We can get so discouraged, so low, so disheartened, the Apostle says, and may we hear it as well. And as often as we view these things round about us, or hear them, or view them in the church, that this word ring in our ears, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. So I want to look then secondly at how the Apostle defines what he is to continue in. The way he and we are to continue. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. I'll leave it just that far for this point. We read the beautiful promises in the word that all thy children shall be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of thy children. They shall not say every man know the Lord. They shall all know me from the least even unto the greatest. There is none that teacheth like the Lord. 
He, I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with my eye. He certainly uses instruments, and we'll come to that in the, the last point, uh, to instruct and to teach. But in the end, that which is brought by the word of the Lord to his people, they shall receive it. They shall believe that word. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And Paul, when he writes to the Thessalonians, he said that the word came unto them not in word only, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. And so it is a vital thing that we actually think, well, what are we to continue in? And really it's what we have begun in, what the, the way the Lord has set us in. And the Lord puts us in the narrow way that leadeth unto life, that is the way we are to go in. A beautiful promise in Isaiah 30, that thou teachers shall not be removed into a corner any more. Thine eyes shall see thy teachers, thine ears shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it, when ye turn to the right hand, when ye turn to the left. The Lord doesn't make a mistake with his people and set them in one way and then after a while says, well that was a mistake, you've got to go this way now. There will be changes in providence, but the way he teaches, precept upon precept, line upon line, here a little and there a little, is all to that one, aim in one way. You don't get in a natural sense with the schools and starting to learn in one way in the lower grades and then instead of building upon their reading and writing and maths, they start again and learn again. No, they build upon it. And that beautiful promise, he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it unto the day of Jesus Christ. One of the marks of the people of God is that they shall endure unto the end. He that endureth unto the end shall be saved. And yet that endurance is by the grace of God and is through as an ear is given as in this case the exhortations of the apostle. He obviously felt a real need that Timothy, his son in the faith, be given such a word and such an exhortation as this. And if the Apostle felt Timothy needed it, then surely with the inspired word of God, the Holy Spirit has seen fit we all need it. And where the work then is begun, then it is in those very things that we are to continue. So it is in the Gospel. Continue in the need of the Gospel. And really in those things that have observed what we've mentioned in the first point, things that we observe in the world, I don't know about you, but sometimes the Lord turns it about and says, here, if you want proof, outside of yourself, we feel our own sin, we feel our own wicked hearts, but of the deadness of man, you look at the world as it is that they cannot believe, they cannot see, they cannot know. The devil will turn around and say, well, you're the odd one out. 
At least all of them got the right idea and you, and you haven't. But the word of God testifies in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. And that spiritual death the natural man receiveth not the things of God neither can he know them they are spiritually discerned. And so we should continue in the doctrine, the teaching of the total depravity of man and the need of the irresistible grace of God and the work of God in salvation. That all that we see contrary round about us should reinforce us more and more and the soul that knows their own heart will say if ever my poor soul be saved is Christ must be the way. Tis he that began with me, not me began with him, and that must be what he does in every soul that is saved by grace. And we are to continue in that. How many in the professed church have turned away unless all man is not so greatly for them? If you shake the gospel right, if you speak the right words, you'll convince them and you'll turn him. Uh, that's all you need. One of the greatest dangers for the church of God today is the lowness of numbers because there's a temptation to think, well, how can we allure people in? How can we get them in? What what shall we, we do? Shall we change the doctrines? The Church of England, other churches, ashamed of some doctrines because they offend people. So we'll, we'll water them down. We'll take them away. The greatest danger is when there's the lowness of numbers and then there comes the watering down of the truth to try and make it uh, acceptable to the world. So, the word of Paul to Timothy, continue thou in the teaching that you have had in your own heart that you know of the depth of the fall, the sinfulness of man, but he's continuing in Christ as the way. And the Lord testifies, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Those things that are bound up with our Lord coming, made of a woman and made under the law. Why? To redeem them that are under the law. His precious sin-atoning blood. I lay down my life for the shame. No man taketh my life from me, I lay it down of myself. This commandment have I received from my Father, power to lay it down, power to take it again. And then his precious righteousness, his perfect life of obedience to be imputed or put to the account of those that believe of his people. These things are to hold fast to the resurrection of Christ, the ascension into glory, the intercession of Christ for his people. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them whom thou hast given me out of the world. Continue in the doctrine of the Lord. John, in his second epistle, devotes almost that whole little epistle to warning against those coming to us that bring not the doctrine of Christ. That is, his sacred humanity, his divinity, the vital necessity 
our faith in Christ and Christ alone as he is revealed to us in the scriptures. This is what Timothy had to continue in. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. He had to continue in the holding fast that salvation is by grace. Paul's letter to the Ephesians, by grace ye are saved through faith, and not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Hold fast to that. Salvation is by grace. And it is through faith. And it is through faith that God's people are kept too. Peter in his epistle, he writes of the inheritance, incorruptible, undefiled, that is reserved for them that are kept by the power of God. But he doesn't leave it at that. He explains how the power of God keeps his children. And that is by faith. Kept by the power of God through faith. And if the Lord keeps you and I, the way that he will keep us is by giving us faith. And he will give us faith that comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Just like this text. We hear it, we're warned of it, we're directed and kept from the errors and from the wrong ways through the word of God. It is the work of God that gives the word and applies the word and keeps his dear people through it. But then there's a continuing in prayer. That would have been one thing that Paul was very insistent of. It's one Mark that was told to Ananias, Behold, he prayeth. He began to pray, not as a Pharisee, but as a poor sinner. Have we begun to pray? Do we pray? Do we continue in prayer? Do we continue in the same way as when we were first awakened and quickened with the same urgency? Our devotions... How much are they public? How much are they in private? Where only God can see us. Our Lord directed that we enter into our closet, close the door, continue thou, that close fellowship and walk with the Lord. Continue in hope, hope that maketh not ashamed. We hope for things that we see not. What a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But that is how the people of God are saved. Hoping against hope. A good hope through grace the saints possess, the fruit of Jesus' righteousness, and by his Spirit given. As to continue in the Word, vital for that, the Word that is used for everything the church and everything the people of God need they are to continue in that and not forsake the word of God oh that those in public places of religion or where their voices are heard would hold fast to that keeping to the word of God the inspired word of God and walking in the spirit Paul, he was so insistent, Romans 8, no condemnation to
to who? They that walk in the spirit and not in the flesh. Not after the flesh. How vital to be in the spirit. That as we gather in the house of God, as we walk, as we're in our homes, that we are spiritually minded. To be spiritually minded is life and peace. To be carnally minded is death. And to go down that slow slope where we get more and more carnally minded, those that are described in the earlier part of this chapter, it's all carnal things. All things of the flesh, things of this world, not things of the Spirit. And Timothy, he knew the Spirit, and he was to continue in that which he had learned. Not just as schoolboys learn their tasks, but learned by experience. Learned in a way that was touching the heart, and then flowed out as spoken. May we think in this point, what are those things that we have learned? What are those times and spots that may be one particular point that the Lord has made us very strong on? Because he's delivered us from a snare. He's established that point in our hearts. What are those things that we can say? Well, when we were in unregeneracy, we didn't know any of these things. And then the Lord has taught us. And he's opened up these truths to us. Remember the Lord said with his disciples, he taught them as they were able to bear it. Just a little at a time. And when he rose from the dead, then he opened their understanding that they should understand the scriptures. It's a blessed thing to be put in the way. It's a blessed thing to be taught. But we need to continue. Continue thou. Some have said, it's easy to start, but to continue is another thing. To need grace and help day by day to endure right unto the end. We need it when we're young in the way. We need it right in the even tide of our lives. That help to still continue in the way the Lord put us and set us in. I want to then think in the third point of those considerations that the Apostle sets before Timothy to be as a help to continue. Continue thou in the things which thou hast learned. Now there are simple things here. Firstly, it is knowing of who he has learned them. In the first place, it was Paul himself. He had been his teacher. Paul, in another place, he says, Be ye followers of me, as I also am of Christ. In verse 10, he's referring to himself as his, as the example. And many times in his teaching, he uses himself and his example. He says that I am an apostle, but at least the apostle is not worthy to be an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But he says of himself that he was the chief of sinners. 
And all the time he's using his own experience. The Lord's had mercy upon me. If he had mercy upon me, the worst of sinners, then he can have mercy on any. And it is the apostle that has taught Timothy. And this is a good thing for us to remember. If the Lord has given us a father in the faith, given us one that has taught us, maybe a mother, a father, that has passed away now. They're not with us now. But we remember the lessons. Remember what the Lord said to a parent, train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. John Newton, he remembered, and he only had seven years, taught of his mother or so before his mother died. But he remembered that which he'd been taught. And when he was converted, the Lord brought back that teaching that he'd had all those years ago. And those of us that would teach others, may not teach just by words, but by example, so that if they are tried and they are tempted in their path, they will think of us and there will be a help to them. Not the other way around, to think of us and it actually undermine their faith and discourage them in the way. The apostle could say to Timothy, you remember of whom thou hast learned these things. I have taught you these things. The apostle, Paul, have taught you these things. As we said earlier on, it is the Lord that teaches. He uses the means and uh, it is him that touches the heart and makes the, the teaching effectual. And I believe Paul here is, is very mindful that those the Lord raises up, they are to be esteemed. In Hebrews we're told that we're to highly esteem those that have the rule over you, who have spoken unto you the word of the Lord. You are to whose faith follow, considering the end of their conversation, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Also it is given as an encouragement the length of time that he had known the scriptures. In verse 15 we're told that from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures. What a blessing it is if we have known the scriptures from a child. I did. I was brought up in a godly home. Knew them from a child. But until I was 19, the Lord began to work in my heart. They meant nothing to me. But I still know that those scriptures of truth were set before me. And those things that did stick. And it's a great blessing when we can look back and think, well... This is not a new thing. Remember, there are those that are newly coming to faith, that have never had a word of God before, and maybe in their late life, and they've never had a copy of the word of God before. But if the Lord has given us those years where we've had it, and then we're assailed with all these things that oppose, continue now. Remember all those years. Don't just easy cast it off. I've been amazed sometimes how easy those who have from a child have learned and studied the scriptures and they cast it off and have an NIV or have another version 
And you think you've scrambled in your mind all those blessed memories and for a minister especially to not be able to quote the scriptures, to not be sure, well, is it this or that? I know I don't quote them exactly sometimes. Perhaps you put them around in a different order. I have done this evening. But to have completely different version. Uh, and I'm amazed, why cast away all what you stored in memory for, for another rendering completely different, sometimes highly recognisable. And so, from a child, remember how long that you have had the scriptures. Then he has said as well that these scriptures that are able to make thee wise unto salvation. He makes it clear here it's not just scriptures, it's the holy scriptures. And in the midst of these oppositions, we think this holy, sacred word of God is able to make me and those about me wise unto salvation. We need to have that reminded to us that this is what God has ordained that it should be through the word of God. And a reminder that they are the inspired scriptures. Verse 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And remind as well of what is profitable for, profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. A remind as well that it is that a man of God may be perfect, that is complete, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Notice that all the things that the Apostle brings to strengthen Timothy in continuing is all concerning the Word of God. It is all concerning the Scriptures of Truth. This is what he's to continue in and to be so strong in. And the more I see and the more I hear of those that go down in paths of error it all begins in this letting go of the scriptures of truth, having a low view of them, not viewing them as inspired, putting in the I think or man's view. And yet Paul says to Timothy, but continue thou, and may we be helped to do the same, to have those times like this evening where we are reminded again of the great high view of Scripture, to highly esteem it and value it. You read in Nehemiah that there they had the pulpit of wood. The Bible was above all the people. And when they opened the Word of God, they opened the law of God, all the people stood up. They had such a view of the Word that was being set before them. Do we love the Word? And we say, Jeremiah, thy words were found and I did eat them. They were to the joy and rejoicing of my soul. And we got those precious texts the Lord has spoken into our <coughs> souls. Thou saidst, I will surely do thee good. May we hold fast. May we continue as the Apostle directs dear Timothy to do here. But continue thou. The Lord add his blessing. Amen.